0: On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at
1: Radio City.
0: Here's Matt Pauley.
1: We do welcome you in. It is time for Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. One of the more sad days of the year for a baseball fan because baseball season. Officially is over. Today is the first baseball-wide day of the offseason. It's been the Brewers' offseason for a little while here recently, but now uh, it is the baseball offseason after the World Series wraps up last night. We will continue to bring Brewers Weekly your way on Thursday nights at this time. Moving forward, uh, the only thing is if there is a Bucks game, we won't have it for you. But outside of uh, Bucks games, we will continue to come your way thursday nights eight o'clock brewers weekly as always here on wtmj if you want to join us you could do so by calling or texting into the acunet mortgage talk and text line 414-799-1620 that's 414-799-1620 you can also tweet at me if you'd like at matt Polly on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air as we always do let's get this thing rolling with this week's edition of three up three down
0: it's time for a three-up, three-down. Three things from the past week that are trending in the right direction. And the three things the crew needs to work on. Number one.
1: Nationals are a good story. Uh, it's it's easy to root against probably any team in baseball, but I think as we learned a little bit more about the Washington Nationals and watched the way that they played they're kind of built differently. We're in this era right now where a lot of the baseball is kind of looking the same. A lot of teams are going all in on analytics. And not that the Nationals are ignoring it. They're not. But they're just they're a little bit different. We always said that about the uh, about the San Francisco Giants. When they were winning the three World Series in five years, it just kinda of felt like they did things a little differently. Eventually it stopped working. It feels like the Washington Nationals do things a little bit differently, but Good group of young players, obviously an MVP caliber player, and Anthony Rendon, one of the best young players, and Juan Soto, one of the best rotations in baseball. Uh, Just turns out they were a pretty good story, and uh, it was fun to uh, watch them find a way to win that World Series.
0: Number two.
1: Looks like the chances are going up that we are going to see a new Brewers primary logo this upcoming year. Nothing has been confirmed yet. By the Brewers, but it's been out there on social media. A lot of the uh, kind of the mainstream media has picked up. There's some things out there, you know when. Uh, different like baseball card companies and other things like that. They're already into production for what's going to be out next year. So if you're going to change your logo, uh, it has to be available to those companies. And there's been some stuff that's been leaked. It is uh, it's it's the ball and glove logo, which is a fantastic logo. They tweaked it a little bit, tweaked the stitching on the glove, uh, tweaked kind of the webbing area, or I should say, tweaked the stitching on the ball, and then uh, tweak the webbing on the glove. But for the most part, it's the ball and glove. I think Brewers fans are happy about this. Yeah, you know, it is, I've never completely understood why people are so passionate about it because that logo is used so much. While it might not have technically been the primary logo, it's been used so much it almost feels that way. But uh, while nothing is official quite yet, looks like chances are uh, going in the upward direction that we're going to see a new Brewers primary logo next year.
0: Number three.
1: Yeah, this what's really going up is going to be Garrett Cole's salary. He might just sign. Uh, He is going to sign probably the richest deal for a pitcher in Major League Baseball history, and it's going to be one of the richest deals, period, in Major League history. It was really a weird scene after the game ended last night when he was speaking to the media. Uh, There are rules out there about players have to speak to the media, so the media came to talk to him. And he had a public relations person uh, close to him from the Astros. And he actually made the joke, well, I don't work for the uh, Astros anymore. Do I actually have to talk? Uh, he was, I think he was making a joke. And then he did the interview wearing a hat that represented Scott Boris's company. And really in the way he said things, it made it sound like his time with the Astros was over. He just, uh, he very much spoke in past tense. So uh, Garrett Cole is going to go for the money, and that is going to be going up, up, up when he signs his new deal here this offseason. Strike one. I don't want to get too much into this. It was uh, talked about ad nauseum when it happened. But you couldn't watch this World Series and watch the Astros lose without thinking back to uh, the incident at the end of the ALCS with their former assistant general manager. Uh, So many different things have been said. Uh, I wasn't there. I have a hard time knowing what's true, what's not true, if you believe the reports that are out there. And he ends up getting fired, so there has to be some credibility to what was said He really went out of his way to make some comments to some female reporters that he really didn't need to make. And I always say, and sometimes I'm as guilty of this as anybody else when uh, getting into confrontations or getting into conflicts, uh, it's so easy not to. It's, It's a lot easier generally in our world to to be nice to people it's easier to avoid confrontation not that we always need to avoid confrontation but there really was no need for it and you kind of connect the astros losing the world series to everything that happened it was just a it was a bad week and a half for the houston astros strike two this isn't anything that we didn't already know was going to happen, but it is being reported today that Yasmani Grandal is going to opt out of the contract option for uh, this upcoming season. That was always that was always going to happen. Basically, there was uh, there was there was not much there was no chance that he was going to. Uh, take the $16 million option for this upcoming season with the Brewers. Instead, he gets two and million million for uh, opting out, and that turns his one-year deal in Milwaukee to $18.25 million. And now he's going to be one of the most sought-after players in Major League Free Agency. I think we're going to learn a lot about kind of where teams are at on spending money right now because Grandall is a catcher who's going to want multi-years three four maybe five in a crazy situation i think four seems to be the number that people are keying in on as a a catcher into his 30s how much money are teams going to be willing to spend on a guy who you don't know who he's going to be in four years and how much are the brewers willing to pay to try to keep him in milwaukee that's one of the most interesting uh, and most compelling storylines this offseason strike three you're out yeah, just the Pirates organization overall right now. My goodness. So you go back to the end of the season. Before the season even ends, Clint Hurdle announces that he had been told by the organization that he would be back. Then it's the final day of the season. Turns out he gets fired. He doesn't even get to finish out the season as the manager. At that point, everybody says that you know Huntington, their general manager, is uh, safe and all would be good. Next thing we know, their team president gets fired Next thing we know after that, Neil Huntington, their GM, gets fired. So right now they brought in a new team president, brought him in from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they have no general manager. They have no manager. They say they're not even going to look for a manager until they can get a general manager in place. The Pirates are a disaster right now as if they don't get moving here pretty quick, this could turn into a lost offseason for them. This is Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620, that is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So how close are the Brewers to winning the World Series? The team that the Brewers almost knocked out of the playoffs wins the World Series. Does that mean the Brewers are that close? We'll discuss it next on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pawley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we're, We're into the off season. We're here the World Series ended yesterday. Clearly, the Brewers' off season has been going for a while, but now, from a baseball-wide perspective, off season is here. Uh, this is—I've said this over and over, and I'll continue to say it. I am what—what what makes me most curious about the way things are going to go down this off season is the fact that, really, for the first time in the David Stern's tenure of Brewers baseball. You have a successful team with really core members of that team from a position player standpoint who are free agents and who you have to make a decision on and, and also make a decision on how much you're willing to expand payroll. Expanding payroll is something that I don't think they're going to have much of a choice on. When you just look at the number of players who are arbitration eligible, I and the big one is Josh Hader. Uh, Hader just came in in front of the Super 2 cutoff for this offseason. So essentially, he reaches uh, arbitration eligibility one year earlier than he normally would. And it, it, it's very complicated. A certain percentage of players who are not in their arbitration-eligible year, once the, a certain percentage of those players, based off service time, can actually become arbitration-eligible a year early. And Josh Hader is in that category. And the... From an arbitration standpoint, there might not be a player out there who is going to get a bigger raise from one year to the next than Josh Hader. He's going to get a huge raise, so the Brewers are gonna—they're gonna have to uh, spend some money here and just just keeping their own players. The Mustakis and the Grand thing continues to hang over this team, and from from my perspective, and again, why. We mentioned the fact that these are core players that are such a big part of this team. What do they do with them? But also, if you don't bring one of those guys back, if a Mustakis does not come back, if a Grandal does not come back, you don't just you don't just move forward with in house candidates to replace them. They were responsible for way too much production this past season that you have to have a plan. And that plan probably requires spending money. And that, that's the big thing going into this offseason is how much money uh, are they going to be willing to spend? They push the payroll to a level that they have never pushed it to going into this past season. and it just seems like they are on track to be able to do that once again. With the Washington Nationals though winning the World Series, it presents the question, how close are the Brewers to winning? A World Series and I think you have to look at that question in sort of two different ways Uh, from from one perspective you had a Washington Nationals team that was one of the hottest teams in baseball going into the postseason that had a good mix of guys that came up with some really important clutch hits and they were able to ride that to a World Series championship and you almost I kind of I kind of wonder what would have the postseason looked like had the Brewers and the Nationals not played against each other in the wildcard game, if there was some sort of other postseason arrangement where those two teams are not playing each other in that wildcard game because those two teams were arguably the hottest teams in the National League going into the postseason. I know the Brewers stumbled right before the end of the regular season in Colorado, but we all know what they did in September. So overall, that was a really, really hot Brewers team going into the postseason and also a very hot Washington Nationals team. And in baseball, you can take a team that's on a run and if they're they're hitting their stride right at that moment and they're playing their best baseball of the year and they've qualified for the postseason, that can be enough to win a World Series. And we saw that with the Washington Nationals. And we've seen that with other teams as well. So from that perspective, the Brewers are just as close as any team to being able to win a World Series in the sense that if they can catch fire, if they can go on one of those kind of runs, if they can extend that run through the postseason, they can do what the Washington Nationals did. Now on the other side of the question, I think you look at the teams in baseball that are clearly the best teams in baseball. and That's not the Washington Nationals. I know they just won the World Series, but there were three teams this year that were clearly the best teams in baseball two in the American League and the Astros and the Yankees, and one in the National League with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it was a bit of an upset that none of those teams end up winning the World Series. It took one of those scenarios where a team is just incredibly hot. But more often than not, you are going to see one of those teams, one of the elite teams, actually win it all. And I still think there is some separation between the Brewers and those type of teams for for a multitude of reasons. And I think it, it's going to be fun to watch how everything kind of goes through here moving forward if the Brewers are able to get closer to what those teams are. Look, we're just a year removed from them being the best team in the National League from a record standpoint in the regular season. Uh, were they a better team than the Dodgers two years ago? I mean, they lost to them in the World Series, but even with the better record in the regular season, did you feel like the Brewers were better than the Dodgers? We we can argue that if we want. It's probably not an argument for right now, but it's something that could be argued. The point being, the Brewers are a good team. They're a team that wants to be in the playoffs every year, and I just don't know if they're going to get to the point and some of it's financially related, they're never going to have a starting rotation like the Houston Astros. They're never going to have a starting rotation like the Washington Nationals. Pitching is really, really expensive, so they have to win in different kinds of ways. But that doesn't mean that they can't go on one of those kind of runs. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Polly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Matt Pauly hanging out with you. It's cold outside. There's snow on the ground, but we're talking baseball. We will continue to do it on Thursday nights here on WTMJ. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you could tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're all waiting to find out if Lorenzo Cain is going to finally win a gold glove. I feel like this is going to be the year. It just This has to be the year, right? I think it's going to be. I would be, again, shocked if he did not win it, but I'm shocked he hasn't won it already. Uh, The Fielding Bible put out their annual Fielding Awards, and these are not American League and National League. This is just all of Major League Baseball. It's put together by uh, Baseball Info Solutions. They have a a panel of 12 experts and they choose a best defensive player at every position and Lorenzo Cain does win the award in center field. Second year in a row that he has won that, he becomes the first player in the 14 year history of these awards to win it in back-to-back seasons uh, at center field. So that's a that's pretty cool for Lorenzo Cain that he's able to do that. Uh, Mitch and Sturgeon Bay texted in and asked about the uh, Josh Hader winning the National League Relief Pitcher of the Year award and asking if that's a new award. It's a fairly new award. Uh, It started in 2014, so it has been around for six years. And Josh Hader has won it twice. Kenley Jansen has won it twice. Uh, So we had We had back-to-back, back-to-back winners. 2016-2017, Kenley Jansen won it each of those years. 2018-2019, Josh Hader won it each of those years. Uh, Before that, Mark Melanson from the Pirates won it in 2015, and Craig Kimbrell with the Braves won it in 2014. But yeah, the uh, Reliever of the Year Award is a fairly new award. Uh, One other text message from uh, from Mitch. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because we had the play in the World Series uh, where... The runner was ruled out for interference at first base, and I i don't think a lot of people when analyzing this got it right, because the, the play was ruled correctly, but it's a stupid rule. It's a really stupid rule. It makes no sense when home plate is to the inside of the line, and first base is is to the inside of the line that the runner is asked to run to the outside of the line. Just from a from a very common sense standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Now, I don't know if that play is going to be enough for baseball to go look at this rule, maybe create more of a lane where half the lane is to one side of the line and half the lane is to the other side, or you just got to be in the dirt. I, I don't know what what it's going to be but I do think they need to look at that rule. I also thought the umpires did just a hor- even Joe Tory talking about it because Tory talked about the fact that it was a it was a judgment call. That shouldn't be a judgment call. That should be a in the line out the line. Now I guess you can say I guess the judgment portion of it could be did the runner interfere? at first base when they were trying to make the play. So that could be a judgment aspect to it, and that was part of it as well. But I do think that Major League Baseball needs to go back and look at that rule. The umpires did rule it correctly, but they did so in a very funcatated kind of way, for lack of a better term. And I think it's something that they do need to look at moving forward. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and at Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll go deep. We'll do that next. It is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ.
0: More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
1: That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. As we reach about the halfway point of the program, it is time to go deep.
0: Whether the Brewers are winning or losing, a player is on a hot streak or slumping, there's always a reason why. Here's this week's in-depth look at the current state of the Brewers as we go deep. Get up! Get!
1: depth might be overselling this a little bit this week but I did want to address this. I've seen a lot of people make the comment that oh the Washington Nationals won the World Series and the Brewers were oh so close to beating the Nationals so if the Brewers would have won that wild card game clearly they would have won the World Series. While I'm not saying the Brewers winning the World Series this year is something that could not have happened or was impossible and we talked earlier about the fact that the Brewers and the Nationals were the two hottest teams in the National League going into the postseason, and sometimes being that hot team is what you need to be able to win a championship. We saw that from the Nationals. I'm not convinced that a Brewers win in the wildcard game would have resulted in a World Series championship. And this goes into something that is... It's an interesting thing right now in baseball when salaries are going down. There are teams that don't want to spend money. But at the end of the day, we are continuing to see that one way to win is high-level starting pitching. It's not the only way to win. It's not the only way to win. And I think it's important to say that, that it's not the only way to win. Because unless the Brewers are developing those high-level starting pitchers, they're probably not going to be in the market. Garrett Cole is about to probably get the largest contract that any starting pitcher has ever received in Major League Baseball history. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I tell you that the Brewers are not going to be involved in that. They're not going to spend that kind of money. The Brewers can win. The Brewers can pitch well. The Brewers can do everything that you need to do to win games. But one route to winning and one route to having success in the postseason is really good starting pitching. And that's what the Washington Nationals had. It's really incredible when you look at who the Nationals were as a team, top to bottom, 1-25, to 25, and the fact that they had a really bad bullpen. And as they got into September, and especially as they got into the postseason, they basically stopped using the bullpen. They There were a couple guys in the bullpen that they felt comfortable with and then as soon as they got into the postseason they were using some of their starters in relief appearances when they possibly could and they found a way to use that really good starting pitching to impact the game from innings one through sometimes all the way to inning number nine so I don't I don't I don't feel like Quite honestly, I don't think the Brewers beat the Dodgers if the Brewers are able to get past the uh, Washington Nationals. Maybe I'm wrong. If they do, I feel like they would have had a a puncher's chance at taking care of uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. But I don't buy the whole, well, the Brewers should have beat the Nationals so the Brewers could easily be World Series champs. I don't think they could easily be World Series champs. Maybe it would have happened. Maybe they would have been on that run that they were on in September and found a way to win it all, but I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion that because they almost beat the team that won the World Series, that they would have won the World Series if they won the wild card game. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A number of individuals connected to the Brewers or working for the Brewers are now connected to some openings across Major League Baseball. And that's what happens when you run a good organization. That's what happens when you have success. Other teams want your people. We'll tell you who those people are and where they could end up going depending on what happens. We'll do that next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. 991620 Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line you can tweet in at Matt Paulie on air M A T T P A U L E Y on air got text message from the 414. The Brewers had the pieces of a puzzle that could have done more, but they just couldn't get all three parts of the game in line. Nats were just one of the teams who were able to get hitting, pitching, and defense to work together at the right times. I feel like the Brewers were chugging along pretty good in most areas of the game in September. I think I would agree with that text message completely uh, in terms of what the Brewers did up until September. The beginning of the season, or maybe three weeks into the season, until right at the end of August. But when they were going on that run, just about everything was was working for them. Um, and there were times where they weren't scoring a ton of runs, but they were getting the timely hits. They were scoring enough runs. Pitching was good, starting and relief pitching. Uh, it just relief pitching in the wild card game was not there. And and a guy had a bad day. Guy had a bad day. And that's why I remember saying this when doing pregame shows before the wild card game. And, and I'll stand by this now. And it's hard to say this when your season comes to an end in a single game. You want to you wanna focus in on what went wrong there. But baseball is not a game about single games. Baseball is a game about series. And the wild card game accomplishes two things. It gives an advantage to the division winners because the division winners all get to um, all get to play a series, and if you're a wild card, there's no guarantee that you're going to play a series. So there is a built-in advantage to win the division, and it gives the fans a winner-take-all game seven feel right at the beginning of the playoffs. That that's what it's there for. The wild card game is not about the better team advancing to a divisional series. I don't care what baseball says. I don't care what anybody says. The wild card game, the the mechanism of the wild card game is not built for the best team to advance. The wild card game is a mechanism to give division winners an advantage and to give fans a very entertaining game number seven feel. That's it. I don't judge the Washington Nationals, I don't judge the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't judge the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't judge the Oakland Athletics off their performance in the wild card game. You just can't. Baseball, 162 games, series all year long, then into the playoffs, divisional series five games, championship series, world series, best of seven. The game's not built on that. Like, to use a hockey example, and I know that's a weird thing to do, but I'm going to do it nonetheless, it's why people hate, not everybody, but it's why hockey purists, I'll go with that, it's why hockey purists hate the shootout for a team winning a game on a shootout because all, that's not the game anymore. You're winning a game on a skills competition, and in a, it's not apples to apples, but the wild card game is not what baseball is. Baseball's about series, and you're playing a single game. So it's stunk that Josh Hader had a really bad day there in the wild card game. It's stunk that Trent Grisham made a mistake in right field. But their performances doesn't change my opinion. That single game will not change my opinion of any team that participated in a wild card game. It just won't. There are a number of individuals with the Brewers who are connected to some openings around baseball. Two big ones. Two really big ones. We talked earlier about the mess that is the Pittsburgh Pirates as an organization right now because they they fired their team president. They do have a new team president in place, but right now they're now looking for a new general manager. And once they get a new general manager in place, at that point, they are going to uh, look for a new manager to replace Clint Hurdle. So they've got a lot to do. They just fired their general manager, Neil Huntington, over the course of the last week or so. A name that is being bantied about, that there is speculation, uh, could end up in Pittsburgh would be uh, Brewer's assistant general manager, Matt Arnold. Uh, He is somebody that has been doing this with the Brewers for a while, he checks a lot of boxes. He's going to be a GM at some point. Yeah, I I kind of wonder. There's there's these group of of general managers, and I think David Stearns is very much in that group that are are very much respected, and their top their top lieutenant, their number two guys move into position. That's going back to the Houston Astros thing and that assistant general manager getting fired. Like the the worst thing he ever did for his career was making those comments to those female reporters in the clubhouse. No matter what was said and how it was said, and the spirit in which it was said, based off everything that we're hearing, it wasn't. It was really a bad thing. But that's a that's a plum job. the The Astros assistant general manager position might be the best assistant general manager position in terms of becoming a general manager. That's where David Stearns came from. The last two assistant GMs in Houston had both gotten GM jobs. And Taubman, the, the, the Astros guy, who got fired. You would think that he would have been on that exact same trajectory, and now that might not happen. So that was a – I'm not trying to go back to that, but that was a dumb thing for him to do because of how it's going to impact his career moving forward. You wonder – Once Matt Arnold moves on, if the Brewers continue to have success under David Stearns uh, the way that they have had since he's been around, will the Brewers' number 2 spot, the assistant GM position, will that become one of those positions that is highly coveted in baseball in terms of being a good jumping-off spot to move on to a general manager position? I don't know. Just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, But we'll see if Arnold gets the opportunity in Pittsburgh or not. His name has been uh, mentioned as a possibility. Also, uh, Brewers bench coach Pat Murphy, he has interviewed reportedly twice with the New York Mets to be their new manager. And uh, Murphy, again, checking off a lot of boxes. He does have a little bit of experience as a major league manager. He spent some time as the interim manager in, uh, in San Diego uh, after there was uh, he was the Padres AAA manager. And if I, if I remember everything correctly, and I was working in the Pacific Coast League where he was managing when it happened. If I remember everything correctly, uh, Craig Council, when he got the job midway through the season, that first year, his first you know not full season, but his, his first year, he attempted to get Murphy on staff. Uh, he was managing AAA baseball at the time, and I believe the Padres blocked it. That's what I remember at the time being told, and lo and behold, it was like a week later or two weeks later. I don't remember the timeline exactly. Uh, the Padres made a managerial change, and Murphy was the interim, GM, or interim manager, I should say. So that's it was pretty clear that's why the Padres blocked Craig Council getting Murphy. A longtime baseball guy, spent a ton of time uh, coaching college baseball at a really, really high level got into the professional game, has had a lot of success, managed AAA ball, interim manager at the major league level, has spent a number of years now as a bench coach, uh, a steady, good baseball man who's not going to go do anything dumb and sometimes with the Mets, maybe that's going to uh, maybe he's not going to get the Mets job because they're very good at bringing in people who do not do things well and tend to do things uh, in a dumb way. But uh, there's that that happens. You've got a very successful organization, an organization that has uh, probably overachieved for the most part. I think this past year was a little bit of underachieving for the Brewers, but overall. In the Stearns Council era of Brewers baseball, they have been mostly an overachiever. And when you have that, you're going to have individuals connected with the organization who possibly get jobs in other organizations. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pawley on air. All right, so the World Series is over what is the timeline now for when free agency starts when you have to make decisions on player options things like that we'll go over that timeline we'll do that next it's brewers weekly on wtmj
0: catch more brewers weekly coming up on wtmj it's brewers
1: weekly on wtmj Starting to wrap up the program, let's go through the calendar here. The World Series ends yesterday, and that puts the off-season calendar now into motion as free agency opens up five days after the end of the season or the end of the World Series. So as of uh, 9 o'clock this morning, all eligible free agents officially became free agents. So... If you were a free agent or a free agent to be, by technical definition, yesterday you were still an employee of your team. Right now, today, you are not an employee of your team for the Brewers uh, that is Matt Albers Gio Gonzalez, Jay Jackson, Jordan Lyles, Drew Pomerantz as we mentioned earlier it's been reported that uh, Gio or not Gio Gonzalez excuse me yes Monty Grandal is uh, opting out of uh, his contract for next year which was always expected I mean there was never much of a chance they just threw that option in there to have it but he was always going to opt out of it that doesn't mean that he can't be back with the team next year it just means he becomes a a free agent so free agents are are free agents as of this morning they don't file anymore remember when it used to be so-and-so filed for free agency there's no more filing for free agency they got rid of that it's just you are a free agent Uh, contract options for the most part have to be picked up by november 2nd so that's this saturday sometimes you'll have contracts where the date is changed but if no specific date is mentioned uh, November 2nd is the day where teams have to make decisions on players with uh, options for next season so for the Brewers uh, that would mean Eric Thames I assume Eric Thames has the uh, November 2nd date even Chase Anderson has a contract option so here very soon the Brewers are going to be making some decisions Uh, moving forward forward, November 4th, that is this Monday, free agency officially begins. So what we're in right now is this five-day period where teams have exclusive negotiating rights with their own free agents so again going back to the brewers situation right now the brewers can negotiate with any of their free agents but no other team can that is going to change on november 4th when free agency uh completely opens. Also, November 4th, that is the deadline for teams to uh, tender eligible free agents. The qualifying offer we I don't think we're gonna see the Brewers giving the qualifying offer to anybody. I look at the the free agents and I don't think any are gonna get it. Yes, Monty Grindahl is not eligible. Mike Moustakis is not eligible for the qualifying offer because of uh, because they've been given it before. You can't be uh offered the qualifying offer uh more than uh more than once in your career. So that kind of gives you an idea of the calendar moving forward. Uh, November 14th is when those players have to accept or reject the qualifying offer. Again, I don't think that is going to uh, impact the Brewers very much at all. Uh, November 20th is going to be the deadline for teams to add eligible minor leaguers to the 40-man roster and protect them from the Rule 5 draft. And December 2nd is the non-tender deadline. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to December 2nd as they'll have some decisions to make on some arbitration-eligible players. That's going to do it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. weekly excuse me. We look forward to talking to you again real soon here on WTMJ.
0: You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ.